This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for FlexBlocks. Win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE. Edutech Guys Radio, radio radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on the site this program to those of participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. Hello and welcome to this episode of EduTech Guys Radio, brought to you by Southwest Arkansas Education Cooperative and Hope Public Schools, both located in Hope, Arkansas. We want to extend a special thank you to CDWG for providing some of the equipment that we're using on the show. Good afternoon. I'm one of your hosts, David Henderson. I'm Jeff Madlock. And we're happy to be here. There's crickets. We're great. <laughs> Greg, <laughs> Greg is, Greg is, he's, uh, he's on sabbatical. He is. <laughs> he's, he's taking a leave of absence. He's working <laughs> on a, uh, he's working on a, 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 a seagoing vessel in the middle of the Atlantic right now, <laughs> studying the bottle headed, nose warped, left eared postrum porpoise. And uh, he's, uh, <laughs> no, we'll have Greg back next week or not. I don't know. We'll never know with Greg. You never know. He's a mover and a shaker. He is. He is. Hey, it's going to be a great day today. <laughs> in the, ending up a Wednesday. We have no idea. Yeah. No idea. You're listening to radio.edutechguys.com. You can catch us on the web at www.edutechguys.com or on Twitter at edutechguys. Want to listen to the show live? Just head over to radio.edutechguys.com, which is actually a link to mixler.com slash edutechguys, or go to the website and hit play. You can let there be a quiz later. There's a quiz. You can also download the app on your iOS or Android device. Yes. Listen to us in the car. One of our uh, compatriots uh, listened to us in the car and got mad when he listened to the one where I went on my little rant about uh, your one to one Chromebook. Chromebook. <laughs> you think that was bad? Just wait till today. <laughs> so if you're if you're so Chris, if you're out there listening, <laughs> stuff about to explode. david's thinking great what have we got ourselves into that that wasn't in the show notes wait a minute (laughs) it is now i just typed it in topics jeff loses his mind again (laughs) 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 uh that's not true 
Hey, this last week, uh, Thursday and Friday, we did a, a, a ACT conference, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> Arkansas Conference of Technology in yeah. Little Rock. Uh, we did a live broadcast from there. Honestly, we played a, played a lot of music, and, but we did get some good interviews from some uh, of our folks at CDWG, uh, Axiom, not Axis, Axis Camera Systems, and, uh, and a few others. It was real nice to see those people. It was a nice conference, and today we thought we might jump into a little bit one-to-one that we that that was the big, I think the big deal there was one to one for the tech talks that was uh, talked about. They were talking about one to one failures and one to one success stories. I never heard any success stories, honestly. Well, uh, I think that was a different session. <laughs> I mean, that was the, the session that I attended was specifically to talk about the failures and struggles. I mean, that was the exact. Uh, purpose of that particular uh, tech talk session. That's why I heard chairs being thrown. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, I, I have to tell you, I, I thought it was, um, I thought it was pretty well done. It was and, and it was pretty well open in terms of, you know, there were two districts who were presenting. Um, they uh, have roughly what about 800 students per district. Um, and they were talking about the issues that they had. Uh, in their one-to-one rollouts, things that, well, some of the things that worked, they talked about, but mainly in terms of the things that didn't work. And I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, you know, as Chris, as Chris, who you talked about earlier, um, as he said, you know, rarely, you know, you always hear all the good stuff. And if you go on a tour of a school who has implemented, you know, one-to-one or some other kind of program, you know, they always want to show you all the good stuff and all the stuff that's working. And this was a chance to talk about the stuff that didn't work. Um, so I, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. Well, you know, and in, in defense of the schools that, you know, it, I think his actual comment was schools lie. <laughs> that was what he actually said. Schools. I'll, I'll trust that those were his words. I I don't. Remember. He actually said. Well, you. He actually repeated that at the at a at an off mic interview, but I mean he. But I hate to think that it's and, and it's true. It is little white lies. You don't. But you know you don't go to the car dealership, especially a Volkswagen dealership, and they tell you the whole truth about the car. <laughs> I mean, that's blatantly wow, obvious. You're just on a roll. That's aren't blatantly you? obvious yeah, at this yeah. point. <laughs> I mean, wow. but you know, I mean, hey, they admitted that they lied. Right. No. And yeah. but you know, I mean, you always just say these are the. If you're selling something, you definitely sure. don't want to say, oh, and here's the bad part. You know. Drug companies have to do it on TV now. I mean, there's a great one that these Chromebooks were great and they're great for testing and the whole book, but they do cause, you know, diarrhea, upset stomach, you know, <laughs> migraine headaches, suicidal tendencies. So, just, <laughs> just since we're on that sidetrack, I just have to say it's it's absolutely hilarious to me that when you are watching drug commercials, one of the very first things they say now is, "Don't take this drug if you're allergic to this drug." Yeah, really? exactly. you have to tell people that. <laughs> yeah, that is insane that you have to tell people. Well, Don't I, take this. I, if you're I find it interesting that. If if you're what? taking a drug for a skin rash, it could cause suicidal tendencies. <laughs> what the heck is that? I mean, you know, yes, yes, yes. my eczema caused me want to hang myself in the closet. I don't yes. get that. That's yes, really odd. Exactly. Well, yeah. you know, back to the back anyway. to the one to one. We digress <laughs> often. <laughs> but you know, uh, it's interesting, and this came up just the other day. It, it actually happened in early December, but you know, Tim Book, Tim Book, Tim Cook from Apple, he called the Chromebooks test machines. And and exactly that's what he meant was uh, this came back out this week, main, these last few weeks, mainly since Apple's released all the stuff that they're doing with um, with uh, education. Mm-hmm. 
and they just bought a leading education company. Uh, I forget the name of it. I'll have to look it up. Um, but you know, he and, he and he's right. Apple. Let's see. Apple buys Apple, Apple. Ed Company. Let's see what it is. Apple. Apple. Uh, yeah. So Learn Sprout. Yeah. Apple bought Learn Sprout. Um, I think he when he visited schools, and you know, the CEO of Apple probably doesn't visit a lot of schools. Right. And I think when he visited schools and he saw all these Chromebooks, it probably, you know, threw him for a loop. And I'm sure it sure. angered him. You know, it's like, well, you know, what's the deal? And and that's true because uh, as the the author of this article says that Tim Cook was alluding to the reason that they've gained in popularity in the education market because as the schools have turned to computerized testing, their needs for cheap devices with integrated keyboards and trackpads have increased. Everybody knows why they're buying them. And we can tell ourselves that it's easy to manage and it's cheap. But yeah, but today we had a discussion about technology and how we're using one-to-one. Mm -hmm. And they and the thing comes up, well, they listen to music on it and they watch videos and they're not really using it for anything else. But my Google Docs numbers say otherwise. Right. And the act, the interesting part is, is that they're using them to create their documents. Mm -hmm. That is the new pencil and paper. So even though they don't think the kids are using them, they might not be using them in a, in a specific educational app that they watch them integrated in the classroom with. But they're writing, they're doing all their work, note-taking, uh, paperwork, writing papers, doing presentation slides. They're doing all that on these devices. Right. Interestingly enough, that's where it gets kind of interesting is that, you know, that's that's what they're doing on Chromebooks too. So, I mean, it's not a bad thing. If, if, if anything, they are using them one-to-one. -one. It's just it's become the new notebook and, and pencil. Sure. So, you know, I'm, I'm all for if that's, the, you know, I used to say when we first started our one-to-one -one project, I said, if you can just get them using email and Google Docs, I think that's a win. And, well, we've been doing that now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we like last year, was it 300 and something thousand shared documents? Man. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot for, yeah. you know, 2,600 kids. Well, and I think one of the, I, I don't to me, one of the problems that I've, I, I've had Frankly, look, I've been around for a while. You know, we're we're not spring chickens. Yeah. Um, but looking back, you know, I think back when. Um, okay, here it comes, guys. When the Walkman came out, right? And I don't know how it was when you were going to school, but when we when I was in school, I, it, that was you, I might as well have been carrying you know a crucifix with the devil horns pouring out of my head. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was it was you can't be doing that. Yeah, you know what? I, I enjoy listening to music while I'm doing my work. I know that's a bizarre concept. What? And, that's, and I think today a lot of students, they're very multimedia, you know, centric. Mm -hmm. And and it's not just today. I mean, you know, talk to your parents, right? Right. What, your parents were probably, what, listening to 45s while they were doing homework. It's the same thing except just become more portable. Yeah. So they're listening to music on the iPads. Yeah, that's right. They're watching videos. Yeah, that's right. And guess what? If if they happen to be, which I know your students aren't doing one-to-one, -one, you know, iPad Pros or anything, but let's just say for the sake of argument, let's say it's a Chromebook. Okay, so they're watching video while they are working on their Google Doc. And here's the other kicker. I would I would almost bet that in most cases – they're not even watching the video. They're just listening. They're to listening video. to it. Yeah. You know, that's what my daughter watches, quote unquote, watches videos all the time. And really, most of the time, it's background noise. She's got the video going. Meanwhile, she's working on her homework. She's doing whatever. 
you know. That's exactly right. I just, I don't know. I, I have a big problem with limiting students in the use of their technology, especially if it's supposedly one-to-one. Here's here's a device, and we're going to call it your device, but it's not really your device. You can't, you know. Right. So here's a pencil, but you can only write, um, you know, paragraphs. Right. You, know, you cannot write anything longer or anything shorter than a paragraph. That's all you can do is write paragraphs. Right. Well, you know, in it, in early education, when the pencil came along and the pen, they freaked out. Oh, I, I remember pens. I, I mean, you know, ink pens in oh, classrooms. Uh, for the longest time, oh, we weren't allowed we to use pens. No. Yeah. But when the writing, when, when kids had the ability to write stuff and keep it on their own and not use the little personal chalkboard or have to come up writing on right. the board, the teachers freaked out. Yeah. It's like, no, uh-uh, this isn't going to happen. Yeah. You know, we, we can't let these, they're going to start thinking on their own and get out of control. We're here to train people. And, and there's the interesting part. And if you've ever seen the TED Talks, those of you out there, go to TED Talks and look it up. There's several TED Talks on this. Some of the most famous are about the fact of, you know, why education, is public education really exists. And it was to train people to work in factories. That was its main job to co- help us conform everyone to understand that you're going to have to be prepared to do these menial things and work in an environment where you've got someone telling you what to do and you work with a group of people and that's why education came about and look who we are now where we don't have factories anymore we don't have jobs like that anymore in this mm-hmm. country partly because education changed because the great com- composer Francis Macbeth said, kids, somebody's got to flip the patties. And he wasn't being obnoxious. He was dead serious. If I drive through the burger joint, somebody's got to flip the patties. Somebody has to dig the ditches. Right. Somebody has to build the houses. Somebody has to plumb the toilets. That's just the way it goes. And that's there are there's a part for everybody. Not everybody's going to be a famous composer or a rocket scientist. And, and I think that that's where we are now with this testing. It, it's really interesting we, we want everyone to take the same tests so that we can say we have a mean to go, well, this is where everybody is. We can say the kids in Iowa and the kids in Arkansas and the kids in Delaware have all taken the ACT Aspire, and this is their mean score. This is where they are. Right. But that's really funny. And then all we do is preach individualism and innovation. yes. <laughs> yes. I do yeah. not. Yes. I do not for the and then you know and it's like this and then we preach about uh, safe spaces on colleges and we preach about individualism and racial diversity and gender diversity and all this diversity, but then we want to push you in everyone into this mold yes. in public education. Yeah, uh, yeah. same right. people. Yeah, exactly. What the heck is going on? Yeah, but you yeah. know, there's that. You know, so yeah, we've diverted but one to one. And I, I think that that's my new take on one to one is, hey, you know what? I look back on it and we're doing exactly what I needed to accomplish in the first. And yeah. you know, the other conversation that always comes up with with everyone we discuss one to one is is that it's really not the kids. Uh, the kids can find an app to mm-hmm. use to do something get something done with. Uh, both of our daughters can do that. If they're looking to accomplish something, they'll find an app. That can get it done for them. Right. No one showed uh, my. I did not show, and the teachers did not show my kid Quizlet. Mm-hmm. They found that on their own. They build Quizlets. They use Quizlet. Uh, there's another one, I, College Board. I don't know if you know about that one. It's one yeah. I just. Uh, my youngest has a quick chemistry test next week on formulas. You know, in two so and all that good stuff. Yeah. The standard of formulas you got to know, and it's a. Uh, 
there's a bunch of quizlets on it, but they're not that great. And then she stumbles upon this thing called College Board, and here's everything you need. It's the same thing as Quizlet. Sure. Yeah. So wow. the kids yeah. are going to find what they're going to use. Right. The kicker is converting our teachers from analog to digital. Right. And that's our biggest fear. Just now, before I came in, one of our retired teachers is here to use the teacher center. And she said, you know, I don't even have email anymore at my house because I'm all by myself because she's retired. And she said, uh, if I ever had problems before, you were always there for me. Well, that's sad. Well, that is sad. Why doesn't she? I, I guess I don't understand I guess why. That, I guess the phone is, she just picks up the phone and calls her kids and her grandkids. I, but, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I said, you know, you should get, give me a call. I'll come out to your house and help you fix your email if you need me to. But here's what's interesting is. Oh, oh so it's not working. It's, it's not that she doesn't have it. It's, it's not just working. not working. Oh, oh yeah. I thought she was saying like she. Oh, yeah. She just, she oh. Did, yeah, it's not working. So, oh. But, oh. but there's an interesting part is that, you know, she just retired three years ago. Yeah. And how many of our teachers now. You know, I had a teacher just the other day email me and say, "Hey, is there an app? Is there does so and so so and so have an app?" And I'm thinking, you know, you have an iPad or a Chromebook, and you can go to the Google Play or the iOS store, and you can type it in and not, look. Not to be obnoxious, but yeah. let me Google that for yeah, you. Let and, me, uh, you know, let me go to the iPad. <laughs> hey, let me remote in, and we'll open the app store together. How's it? Right, right. <laughs> I tell you what, we'll take a quick break so uh, Dave and I catch our breath. Uh, we'll listen to a little music. While we're gone, okay. Nick Flora with Kick and Scream. We'll be right back with uh, radio.edutechguys.com.
Hey, that was Nick Flora with uh, Kick and Scream. Got a little, could turn off my speaker there. So I had a little reverb coming back through there. I'm not on. <laughs> oh, I'm about to turn you on. Hey. <laughs> Let me turn David not, on. Not that kind of show. I've got a Whopper sitting here. He likes to eat <laughs> yeah. with, with extra lettuce and tomato. He's like, <laughs> 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 nice MLT and the mutton is nice and lean. Uh, the mutton is nice and lean. <laughs> that was good. Princess Bride. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> that's a whole show we're going to do. We're gonna that's, that's, it. We're that's right. Movie we're quotes just... and who can guess them. <laughs> uh, that would actually be a lot of fun. To blaze. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Hey, we were talking one to one, and uh, you know what's going on out there in the great big world of, of technology. Hey, listen, we uh, could care less about one to one. What we're really interested <laughs> about—I'm <laughs> just kidding. Oh what we're really interested about is uh, is what we're doing here, podcasting and um, doing live radio. And uh, David and I and Greg have uh, been working on several ideas for uh, workshops and yeah. Um, you know, and we appreciate anyone, everyone who listens to us uh, each week, whether live or if you go grab the podcast after the fact. Um, and you know, we've been doing this since June. Um, and uh, several of you uh, have actually followed us along to various conferences that we've done. Uh, you know, we did one here in Hope. We did one in New Orleans. We just did the one New Orleans. Excuse me. Uh, we just did Nolens. <laughs> Nolens. Uh, we just did, you know, the one uh, up in uh, Little Rock. And uh, so that's that's one side of, uh, or two sides, I guess. We do the live show and then we, you know, do the conferences. But uh, we're putting together some really, at least I think it's going to be, really cool professional development uh, and be able to come out to schools. And we do, uh, we'll, be, we'll be doing this really cool uh, live, uh, live show with the, uh, um, Curriculum-based uh, trivia questions and audience participation, and it's 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 going to be a blast, a lot of fun. It's all done live, and then we talk about um, you know kind of give an overview as to how it can be done. You know how is how can schools you know whether you start at the classroom or you know you want to do it for a building or all the way up to the district level. How can schools take this you know podcasting and may or may not be live broadcasting, but, you know, hey, let's add some fun to it, and sure, why not? You know, why not live broadcast uh, a parent, uh, a student, uh, what do you call it, parent-teacher night. Parent-teacher night, know, yeah. Parent nights, that kind of thing. Um, you know, why not have students do, uh, you know, weekly or, you know, if you, if you are able to swing it, why not daily uh, broadcast podcasts of what's going on either – uh, what happened that week? So it's it's a retro thing, you know, retroactive talking about what had happened. Uh, you can also talk about things coming up in terms of uh, general uh, um, general school related stuff, right? Um, you've got certain football games coming up or basketball games. So man, you know, you grab a couple of players and you interview them, inter maybe interview coaches, um, and and again, it can be live, it could be recorded. Um, you know, there are precautions, and those are some of the things that we'd also be talking about. You know, uh, you would not want to broadcast the fact that you're taking a bunch of second graders to the local zoo on Tuesday at, at 8 a.m. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you got you got to be smart about this. But by the same token, um, taking what we're doing and expanding that out to 
uh, something that's a much broader scale, much more student-oriented, much more classroom-oriented. Um, so uh, we're pretty excited about that. We're, we're just in the development phase of that. And the other thing is, you know, we like to do it uh, on, in, in audio format, but it's very easy to throw in video formats. As a matter of fact, Jeff just uh, uh, connected us here on Periscope, and so we're live on Periscope while we're live on the air. And you can do the exact same thing, you know, for your school. So uh, we're putting together um, that type of things, th uh, those types of things. And um, should, I, should I tell them about the? Sure, I'm going to. Why not? We're also working on a book. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we're also going to uh, put together a book, and, and we'll shop that around to uh, some of the folks we know in the publishing industry and see if we can't have a book that goes along with the professional development that we're working on. So it, it's going to be, 2016 is going to be awesome for the EduTech guys. You know, it's really interesting. One of the biggest things that we get a huge feedback is when we show up at conferences. And it's uh, the biggest feedback comes from session presenters and vendors. And they get really excited about that. They yes. get really excited about it. And they're like, you know, nobody else is doing that. And, and it's no different than everyone loves commentators. Everyone loves the idea of sitting down and, and, and being interviewed, the excitement of the whole part. And I think the real cool part about it is, is that, you know, what's it provide for a conference and a session? And I've been rolling this, this blog post around in my head for some time about, you know, what's it create? What's, uh, what's the exciting stuff that happens? Um, <laughs> hey, um, what, what's, the, what the, what's the exciting stuff that happens um, when it does it? We well, you know... When those people do a session and they're in front of a group, there's a lot of stuff that they leave out. And so when they have that opportunity to come down and sit down with us, to sit down with someone who's going to ask questions, who's going to delve a little deeper into the topic that they're presenting at that conference or what they're passionate about, mm -hmm. then you get a little more in-depth about who they are, what they're doing, and what their passion is. And I think that that's why this has taken off such a big deal. And I, I think that's what it gives the opportunity at, at, especially for vendors. If you've ever been to a convention or a conference and you've gone to the exhibit floor for the vendors, you've made your way around the table and they give you their quick elevator pitch because they only have however long it takes you to pick up the swag, right. <laughs> get a piece of candy and move on. Right. Unless you're actually there you know, specifically looking for that one piece, which does not always happen. I mean, if they see 100 people in a day, three of them are looking for that piece. Sure. You know, another five are kind of interested. Everybody else is just there to see what it is, pick up the sticker or the pin or the piece of swag and move on to the next thing. Well, the cool part is when the vendor gets to sit down at a conference and have that conversation with you, they get to really tell their story about why they're in education and why they're selling this product and what they want to do with their people. And it makes them feel like a bigger part of the whole education scene happening or whatever the lawnmower scene or you know whatever right, you're whatever, selling right. at that conference the vendor gets to say well this is why we do it because there's the interesting part about vendors anyone that owns a business does that because they love it that's why mm -hmm. nobody ever said you know I'm going to mow yards because I just want to sweat and be nasty and hot and dirty. They, they you know, well, there's I, that one guy. Yeah, but you know, I know it, the, most of the guys that do landscaping. They love it. Right. They love mowing yard. They love weed eating. They love trimming hedges. They love, you know, doing landscaping. That's what they like to do. And I think that that's a a big part of what we provide now. And it's a new thing. So back to what David was saying. That's the other really neat part is that if you have a set of students broadcasting your school board meeting live. 
and after that school board meeting or before that school board meeting, they get to interview a school board member and hear why that school board member is on the school board and why they think maybe they feel pretty, you know, uh, intense about one of the topics for the night that right. was voted on. Right. And also vice versa, catching someone that might, a parent or just a community member that might have shown up or another student. Our, here two students discuss a school board meeting that just happened right. because those two students have at least one friend who's going to listen also to that discussion. I mean, I think that's that's the the community that the involvement that you're looking for. And when you do it at the classroom setting, it takes it even to the next level. But even before then, student com- student comments and student commentators, uh, education commentators, that's what really endears educators to a community is when they get to know that person a little better. Right. And, right. you know, f- the crazy hijinks that we sometimes do here at the uh, at the show kind of gives you an insight into who we are, that, you know, we're kind of nutty. But that's just, <laughs> that's just what it is. Yeah. But, but, you know, I think that that's a big deal. And, and we've been talking about, you know, what we can provide um, to, you know, the education community. And, and there's the other part of it, and possibly make a living at it. So we can, we can devote 100% of our time to what we're really – what we really love and what we really like doing. And, you know, besides the workshops of helping teachers understand how to do this, what we're doing here. And if you can see the setup today, it's literally two mics plugged into a laptop. Right. We don't even need all the big equipment if we had Skype coming in or we're doing all, you know, multiple microphones. But, you know, to really show them how easy it is to do it. And then the, the back end of it, you know, well, there's the other front end of it. And with something that we had put on the list, branding it, you know, PR, the whole mm-hmm. social media scene is beautiful. I mean, you can literally post one place and post in seven places. Right. And, you know, making PR, using programs like websites like Canva.com, where you can actually go to Canva and build graphics for free that are just amazing, that are are, are social media and app specific. So you're not you know building something that's going to look weird or be too big or be too small. It's just the perfect thing. And then things like podcasting, how easy it is to host your video or your audio and your video in other places. And just like I had a teacher, you know, get in touch with me and, and she would like iMovie. And and that's great. We'll we'll get iMovie on her on her Mac. But she just literally needed to trim the back and the front of her videos before she posted them to YouTube. Well, guess what? You can do that on YouTube. Right. You don't even have to own an app to do that. You can actually just drop it into YouTube and edit. You can actually cut out chunks of YouTube. You can do lots of stuff on YouTube editing once you get it up into the cloud and and it's already done. And I think that that's a big deal. And that's what we're here to do is to help teachers do that analog to digital convergence. To help them go, hey, listen, it's not that hard. Yes, two years ago it was hard, and four years ago it was ridiculously impossible. Right, right. Eight years ago, no one's going to happen, you know. So, right. but now at this point, it's literally any device you have in your hand, yeah. from a cell phone, Android or iOS, to a laptop, to a Chromebook. I mean, you can really pretty much put off now the quality. Yeah, it'll be different depending on what you're doing. But, sure. you know, making it happen, you can make it happen for free. Well, and, and I think one of the important things also is building on that in, in terms of quality, not just the, the, the physical quality. That is, you know, I'm, I'm only using, um, let's just say I'm, I'm using my iPhone with the built-in mic and I'm using the Mixler app. You know, which actually doesn't sound half bad, but, you know, it's kind of like, okay, but maybe I'm, I'm going to eventually upgrade to some, you know, desk, desk, desktop mics and, and we're going to have a computer that we're going to actually hook to so that we can 
uh, you know, have better control of that quality and, and, and also be able to do multiple things. Like on our show, one of the things that we do is we, and, and this is part of who we are and why we do it, you know, we cut out to music. Um, it's singer-songwriter, independent music. Why? Because we like listening to it, but also we like to be able to use this platform to showcase music that you might not otherwise hear. So it's just kind of a fun, and it gives us a chance to catch our breath. Um, <laughs> but one of the things Jeff and I were talking about at lunch, um, the, the, the TV studio that they have at Hope Public Schools, um, they, it, it was on a while ago, I don't even know when, and then wasn't on forever. And then, you know, some students got some interest in it. And they were like, hey, you know, could, you know, what about this? And really, as far as I know, there was very little guidance. I mean, basically enough to get them started. And then they really started to take off on their own. You know, now they're up to, you know, carrying around equipment and, and interviewing coaches and, and using green screens. And, yeah. yeah, they're doing green screen. And, and so I think the same thing can happen with any any platform. You know, if you just give give the students the opportunity you know, and this is one of the things that, that was, you know, the, the focus of the Corwin Institute, you know, student voice. You know, if you give students a voice, and this literally gives students a voice, you know, if you give students that voice, then they are able to express themselves in ways that maybe they hadn't thought of before, express themselves in ways they couldn't before. Um, I just, I think it's very cool that that it has become so easy and as cheap as it's become. I mean, free. It's it's literally free as long yeah. as you have a piece of equipment. Yeah. Uh, you know. So there you go. Uh, I mean, yeah. it doesn't cost anything to be able to do what we are doing right here, right now. Yeah. And uh, that's what's awesome. really crazy is that any and pretty much any Android or iOS device made in the last two to three years, and even back further, but two to three years definitely has the video and audio capability that we couldn't obtain beforehand without spending several hundred dollars. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, you're carrying around the production unit in your pocket. Yes. The yes. whole time. And that's, and so kids that have iPads, people say, well, the video is not that well, you know, it's, it's better than you had in 2000. And, <laughs> and it, you know, and remember, do you know exactly how old the iPhone actually is? Yeah. The, what is it like seven years old now? And so, uh, you know, yeah, there were, so look where we are with tablets and video. So you know, ten years ago, it didn't it didn't exist. Yeah. You go, well, you know, it's that's not really it's not what I mean. Any any human being can set up an iPad or a, a Samsung tablet or a Android phone or a Nexus phone or anything. Right. And broadcast to the world for free. You can sign up on Google for free. You can sign up. Therefore, you get a YouTube account for free. Right. You can upload. And heck, there's the crazy part. Look at the, the ingenious people on the face of this planet that have been monetizing videos. They shoot with their cell phones yeah. and are making a living talking about applying makeup or talking about, you know, look at, I mean, one of the greatest ones ever, and I don't know why it's not talked about more, but Justin Bieber, I know, uh, Justin Bieber, but he started on YouTube. Right. His mother uploaded or he uploaded him singing songs mm -hmm. and he just bought a $20 million plane. Right. Exactly. I, I mean, you know, that you, that's, it is what it is. And, and how many people, I see it all the time, TBS and all these people that are out there, how many people get their own television shows because they were a YouTube sensation, because you know, millions of, of hits a day, you know, watching their videos. But I digress a little bit. But this is, this is what the kids want. This is what the kids are doing. 
Um, this is what people want. People want to be seen. People want to be heard. People want to be stars. And so I don't think that's what we do this for. Um, we actually do it because we want to help people do it. I mean, well, that's, and, and that's what I was just and we say, like it. And well, so. well and, and I think that leads perfectly into you know I, I was going to about say what you were saying. Yeah, okay, a lot of kids, especially kids, but you know a lot of folks, they love getting into YouTube or whatever for the fame to hopefully make money. I, I will tell you um, from personal experience, it's not easy making money on YouTube. Okay, just let me throw that out there. If you think you're just going to throw something out there and suddenly you're going to make millions, it doesn't happen that way. It's it is it's a lot of work. It's a lot of um, it's a lot of uh, beating the pavement virtually. Sure. Yeah, marketing. Uh, but by the same PR. token, <laughs> you know, if even if even if that's not necessarily your goal, like Jeff said, you know, we first got into this because we thought it would be a cool way to help other educators learn about different things that they may not have known about education. Frankly, we thought it was a cool way to take to get some of the folks that we know in edutech circles. Uh, it's a way to talk to them. And, uh, you know, yeah. it, it's it, you know, we've had some awesome. Uh, you know, going to break my arm here, patting ourselves on the back. But, <laughs> you know, uh, but really, I mean, we've had some awesome edutech guests on here, and and we've met some folks that we didn't know before this. Yeah, we we've made you a know, lot of friends of in the industry, right? And friends in education, and friends in technology that might not be in education. From this show, exactly, and and I think by by helping schools and helping students in particular, helping students kind of find their voice, and and who knows what it is? Maybe it's applying makeup. Maybe it's I don't know. Maybe it's making models out of three uh, D printed you know uh, um, plans. Yeah. Um, you know whatever it cardboard. is. Cardboard. You know, or making it out of cardboard. Which right? Kevin Honeycutt's doing right now. He's making. <laughs> DeLoreans and X-Wing fighters. Yes, yeah. is that not crazy? I mean, that is so wild. But but those kinds of things, you know, everybody has something that they are passionate about. And if you can get a student who's passionate about whatever it is, and they can, you know, either do it on video, they can do it on audio or combination thereof, and just get it out of themselves, express it. Yeah, and um, and I think that's where, hopefully, anyway, I think that's where we're really going to help schools. Yeah, and, and help students. You know, one of the things, and, and I'm kind of circling back around to the one to one, and we sort of talked about this at the conference. But since this is the regular show, uh, I'm, there, I'm sure there were people who didn't catch us at the conference um, when we were doing that. But one of the things that I thought was very telling is that when we talked to several, multiple. Almost most of, frankly, the tech coordinators that we talked to who were who were doing the one to one rollouts, um, and we asked them. So, what was part of that planning phase? You know, who, who what did you think about? Who did you talk to? Nine times out of ten, they talked to the teachers, and that's not bad. I'm not saying don't talk to your teachers. Yes, talk to the teachers, but that's where it stopped. Right. Why would you not ask the students? What it is, you know, what would you like to be able to create to, you know, to meet the goals of this particular right. class or whatever? You know, a lot of times it's, it's, it's and, and frankly, I was impressed that they even went to the teacher level because a lot of times, you know, it doesn't even go that far, right? It's just a bunch of tech folks deciding from on high, this is what we're going to have <laughs> yeah. because it's easy for me to manage or it's easy for me to handle, or it's, 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 it's easy to, uh, it, it's inexpensive. So therefore, if and when students break stuff, then I can replace it quickly. Okay, but what about how are you going to use it? How are the teachers going to use it? Which, again, a lot of folks, that's where they stopped. 
how are the students going to use it? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I, that I really enjoyed about talking to Chris in particular about was, um, and it was one of the things that I picked up on, you know, he is, he's Chromebook and solid Chromebook. He, he had iPads and they did away with them, didn't like them because of various reasons, went to Chromebooks, but they also have MacBook Airs. And I thought that was very telling that they are one-to-one -one with a particular device, but by the same token, he learned or, or understands the limitations of that particular device they chose. And so I asked him, I was like, you know, you said, you know, you guys have MacBook Airs, but you're one-to-one -one Chromebooks. And he said, well, yeah, but MacBook Airs can't do, I mean, uh, Chromebooks can't do video editing. Right. He said, so we do the video editing on the MacBook Airs. Okay. See, so, you know, but... I don't know, I, I'm curious, and I didn't get to ask him, but I'm, I'm curious, not him specifically, but people in general, you know, tech directors and, and, and folks who are, are looking at one-to-one -one rollouts or any technology in the district, you know, so how did you ultimately come to that conclusion? You talked to the teachers, and the teacher said, well, I need the students to do video editing. Or was that from the bottom up, and, I, and I'm using that term very loosely, I'm just, you know, in the hierarchy <laughs> of, of the way education works. You know, from, from the students upward, did it come and say, well, we want to do, you know, we want to, uh, this project, we want to be video, but I can't do video on the Chromebook, so is there something else I could use? And then it's like, oh, well, yeah, we're going to have to go have a device that does this. Right. You know what I mean? Whereas, and and I know, you know, we are, we're very, well, we are, we're just, we're very Apple happy around here. Okay. We are. But, so, to that same end, you know, if you had a student who said, hey, we want to do video editing, and your one-to-one -one rollout was iPads, then it's like, oh, yeah, you got that in your hand. Right. Oh, wait, I need to work on my Google Doc. Yeah, you got that in your hand on that iPad. Oh, okay, well, yeah, but I also need to do, um, I, I need to work on some audio. You know, I, I, want to, I want to make a rap, and we want to lay down a track. And we, Yeah, you can do that on your iPad. I mean, you know, and I'm not... Well, I am pro iPad, but I'm not anti anything else. I'm just saying sure. that, you know, when you Here's stop. Here's the whole package. There's the whole package. And when you stop and you talk to students in connection with what the teachers are requiring or expecting, I think that really can change the conversation. I think so, too. You know, what's interesting is. Uh, are you here? Right, we're here. <laughs> the, uh, what's interesting about that is I think the progression of, of computers, of technology in education is going to come to, uh, if if a school came to me now and said, we want to do one-to-one, -one, I think what I would actually point them in the direction of now is, I think you need to survey your students and find about find out how many have their own personal devices mm -hmm. and how many would like to use their personal devices in the school setting. You know, like, how many of you would like to use your phone every day? Because we could probably find out that you can get your personal stuff, the kids will build their outlines and get all their stuff together and then go, great, now I need another device to, to accomplish this. Right. So a school could find its way in a better situation where they had 15 Chromebooks and 15 MacBook Airs and 10 iPad Pros and a gaggle of USB high cardioid microphones and you know this, that, and another thing sure. so that the kids could then go, oh, they ha kids have no problem doing that. It's like, oh, well, I better go get the, the rake because I need to rake the yard, and now I right. need a shovel to dig a hole. They've got no problem with that, especially if they're carrying their BYOD. They're bringing their own device every day. Right. And, and I think schools, we could find this beautiful, you know, because, hey, it's, it's testing time. 
Well, let's use the Chromebooks at this point because, you know, it's just the easiest way to go. There's a keyboard, big screen, boom, we're done. Right. Or pick up an iPad and hit the app. You're in single app mode and boom, you're taking the test and then you're finished with it. I really think that that would be the way to start looking at it now is because that would, in my opinion, work out better. Because in the classroom, it's it's easier for a teacher to go, here's the project I need you to do. And every kid goes, boop, they pull out their phone and they go, they start making notes. They start getting their stuff together. Right. And, you know, the, and there, there's the beautiful part of the teacher helps those kids in every class learn to build that outline, figure out what the tools they need to get their job done. There's a whole other student learning experience across that level. And then they go, well, let's see. I got my phone. I can shoot all the video here and I can transfer it to an iPad Pro or a MacBook or, you know, right. wherever else. I can transfer it there. I can do this here. I can edit it down there and blah, blah, blah. And when I finish that, I can actually just take a Chromebook and do all the editing from YouTube because it's already there. So I right. can do all of it right online. So I won't need one of the bigger machines and other kids can use that. And, you know, there's this symbiotic relationship that can happen in an educational setting. And, yes. and I, to me, I think that that's something I've been building out in my head now. Like, okay, how do we outline that out to help people in, in school districts that maybe don't have a lot of money? Right. But the majority of our kids are carrying devices. Sure. And they want sure. to use their device. Or, or have access to a device they, they might be able to carry. Right. 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 Well, I, they might have a, a laptop at the house that they don't necessarily carry all the time. However, if they were allowed to bring that to school to use it to accomplish a particular part of this project, then, yeah, hey, yeah, by all means, Johnny, bring your laptop. Right. Uh, right. You know. And, and, and we, we are at a technological level now in our, in our networks that we can handle that. And, and a lot of techs would say, wow, oh, it's just too much work on me. It's your job. That's your job to do that. Yeah. Now, if I, if I had a dollar for every tech, I also heard at the conference go, well, hey, for two and a half days, we sat there just looking at each other because you know, Chromebooks are so easy. We didn't have nothing to do. Well, now you do. Right. Yes, exactly. Now, now right. you're going to earn your kibble. Because so, right. you know, yeah. hey, I tell you what, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, <laughs> listen to a little quick music. If you're watching this on Periscope right now, thanks for watching this. Give Thank me some you. hearts if, if you... You know, it, at least for the big fat guy in the, the, the black sweatshirt. Oh, there you go. You. Get you. some hearts on. Periscope. So, if you want to listen to us live, you can listen to us at radio.edutechguys.com. Um, we're live on the radio right now. You also visit us on the web at www.edutechguys.com. We're going to break out to some quick music so David and I can talk about everyone really quick. I'm from Qatar. You now. Uh, we're from Arkansas, Hope, Arkansas. So, welcome from Qatar. Um, Awesome. We're going to drop out to some quick music. We'll be right back with edutechguys.com radio.
Hey, welcome back to Radio.EdgyTechGuys.com. Uh, we were just talking while the music was playing with the folks on uh, uh, Periscope and all that good stuff. Let me turn David back on. Hey, look here. There we go. Uh, oh. So, listen, I want to give a shout out to Harry Dickens. Harry is listening to the show right now. And as hey, uh, Harry. Harry's chimed in, hey, Harry. And uh, I want to read what he's put right here. Students can self-reflect using devices equals lots of growth. I agree. Yeah. Students can collaborate on the devices equals more growth. Teachers can use and have students pull out their devices and answer questions during direct instruction. Uh, so many get wrapped up in the devices and don't think about content and infusing the technology. I agree 110%. Like we were talking earlier, you know, it's just a modern pencil and paper that makes interaction and retention and archiving of, of information that much easier. Exactly. And it, that's, that's the really cool part about technology and where we are in the one-to-one -one setting at its basic element is that teachers can now get student information quicker. Students can share and comment. They can collaborate. There's the beautiful part of, of Google Docs is collaboration, yes. which leads us into the tip of the week. Google <laughs> tip of the week. So, uh, it's not the same without Greg. That's I'm true. Gonna, I'm it's just, just not put the that same. out there, man. So there's a really interesting thing about Google. So uh, if you use Sheets, which is their spreadsheet, you have the ability under tools to uh, notify users of changes via email so that if anyone makes a change to the sheet, they get an email. You cannot, however, do that in other Google Docs. Okay. So you can't do it in Google Docs or you can't do it in, in um, their uh, presentation piece. What's really cool is uh, the gang over at techawakening.org have a beautiful script that will allow you to run the script, take the actual ID of any doc that you're working in, put it in the script, and then it actually starts notifying of any changes, people that are automatically set as editors of that document. What's really neat is, is that you can add as many email addresses as you want to to that sheet also, and it also will alert them and say, hey, there's been a change. It polls every hour, which can actually be changed. You can actually go in, but you don't want to do that because of the API call. Google will see it too many times and think that it's a, a possibly a virus attack or ah, you know, something like that. Gotcha. Okay. But it polls every hour, and then it sends out the email and says, hey, listen, this document has changed. Here's the document. Click the link to go to the document. So uh, it's really great. It's a get an alert when any doc is updated. It's literally the name of the script. Um, right now, I will drop it out on the Twitter. <laughs> on the Twitter. So we're about to tw Twitter it right now. So Google script for script. That's not how you'd say it. Scurped. It's a scurped, man. <laughs> for uh, update. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? What, update. When, I've lost my mind. When you're updating Google yeah. Docs, Google uh, for update alert. That's what it was. Oh, alert! I, I don't. I didn't know where you were going, man. I, I, I was so, trying to be on the same road, but I hit a tree. It, it happens. <laughs> I've been there, done that. No. So what's really cool about that? I mean, just what you said. You know, now any any Google document you can get an alert for yeah. to let you know it's been changed. Yeah, and a bonus tip on that is is that when you when you if you decide to take a look at this tip, um what you'll find about it is is that it's very easy to to run. The the instructions are very easy to set up. You do have to set up a separate script every time you do a separate document, which that makes sense. You can't, you know, it's got right, to, right. got yeah. to define a script. Yeah. Each what, each one has to can only track one document. Exactly. Right. Okay. What's nice is the same process works for shared folders. So if you have a shared folder in your Google Docs and you want to be alerted every time a change is made to it, say someone puts something in it, say a student turns in a document. Oh, 
or yeah, someone downloads something, anything happens to that folder, you can also set this script up to monitor a shared folder. So that is pretty awesome. And um, we use it. I use it with developers all the time because we're working on a website now. That with the school district and our developers are cleaning up the last little bit of stuff. So I made a doc with the outline of stuff that I need fixed. So every time I change it, they get an email. And so I know that they're not going to forget me because every hour I make sure to go in and and even add a period if I have to an exclamation point. And they get an email that says, Hey, go fix the link to state required documents. You know, so stuff is going down. Um, I tell you what, Periscope has lost its mind at this point. <laughs> yes, um, uh, so, and now, I, I, there's so many articles out there about using Periscope in the classroom. Yeah. The only problem with using Periscope in the pl- classroom is that right there, is that you you and, and it's not a bad thing. You just don't know what comments you could possibly get on the screen. And you well, know, and 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 to that end, I, I, just to folks that are listening, um, what has become quite obvious is there's actually a couple of folks in our Periscope feed who are are using our Periscope feed for their chat, mm-hmm. right? So they're talking back and forth through our Periscope as if they were talking, you know, to us, quote unquote, but it's really, it's it's to themselves, so, or, or yeah. amongst each other. So it, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. Um, you don't have to. And, and, and it's anyway. interesting. On one show, we'll get into actually why they do that and what's going on on that yeah. chat. Hey, listen, uh, we're we're near the end of the show here. So yeah, this has been great. Man. Hey, we want to say a big shout out to Harry Dickens. Thanks for coming and listening to the show, Harry. I always like to see your name pop up on the list. And thanks for uh, your input because you always have some great input there. Yes, and I'm going to give a shout out to Mark Aubrey, who I'm sure is out there. Usually he's... Uh, blowing up my uh, Twitter, Twitter. So, yeah. but uh, he, he hasn't today. But uh, we appreciate him and anyone else that's listening. And if we haven't mentioned you, by all means, drop us a line, man. Go out to uh, edutechguys.com and fill out the form, or or uh, message us, or uh, tag us on Twitter uh, at edutechguys, and let us know you were listening. And uh, we'll be happy to give you a shout out the next time. Yeah, listen. Uh, we'll get Harry. We'll probably get you on the show again here pretty soon. Yeah, man. Catch us next week. Uh, same bat channel, same bat time, 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, Actually, I think next week uh, we, there'll be a slight modification. Oh, that's that. right. We have something else going on yeah, that we're yeah. part of that week. So, yeah. uh, hey, watch that's the okay. watch the Twitter uh, feed. We'll give you the yeah. and, and the Facebook page. Uh, so, yeah, facebook.com slash edutechguys. Yeah. Um, hey, listen, I'm Jeff Madlock. And I'm David Henderson. We'll talk to you later. You've been listening to EduTech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on this site and this program are those of participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE.
Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet Tier 1 standards? You, you can, can do, do it, it all. all. But, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.